0: I'm going to let you start this one however you want, my girl.
1: The last time you let me start it, I was a big dope. So Okay, do you cool. Really well,
0: I guess I started it by saying I'll let you start this one. <laughs> and we're back. Sean <laughs> and Cass. Once again, doing our thing.
1: You know, we love doing this, but it's, it's a trip in itself showing up half the time. But I'm glad yeah. to be here.
0: I feel like if we had a permanent studio... Um, and we didn't have to set it up from scratch every time it would uh, probably help us because it'd be like, oh, we're in the mood to do it Let's do it. You know, this is like we're in the mood to do it. I'll see you in like two hours Yeah, you know
1: (laughs) that that way we could be more like real-world confessional style where we just like go in the booth And we're like, yo, what's up?
0: Oh, man. Yeah, what a great innovation on that show That was a really fucking that was a I haven't thought about that show in so long. It was so influential on me the real world
1: What aspect of it?
0: Um, It was addictive. Uh, I don't know. It was just like, I I mean, I was a kid and you're watching like 20 somethings.
1: Have sex and be promiscuous. That wasn't even
0: really that big of a thing till like way later. Yeah, Yeah. like how
1: do we make this a little more interesting? Yeah,
0: like the most interesting thing that would happen in a season is like a roommate would get kicked out or somebody would have a physical confrontation or there would be a fight. But like for the most part, it was just like kind of them living their boring ass fucking lives. I remember
1: when Ruthie would be topless or there was like one season in Hawaii where there's like a lot of toplessness. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. They fucking, they let her get a DWI like on the show. Do you remember that?
1: Anything for the ratings. They like a, they
0: established her as like a crazy binge drinker, and I think that like the producers had an intervention with her or something like that. But either way, like they let her drive drunk on the show. It was insane. You know?
1: Well, that's the thing with these shows is that they like booze them up on purpose. Like you think I used to think like oh I'd be great on the real world. I'll just be a peacemaker and I'd be a lovable character and I wouldn't get into drama. And then you get a little older and a little wiser and you realize, oh, there's no, they wouldn't, one, they wouldn't cast you. Mm. And then two, okay, you think you're someone and then they sleep deprive you and yeah. fill you with booze. And then all of a sudden you're a mess. And I'm yeah. a very sensitive person who would definitely play my part. You, I
0: think. Uh, actually, you'd be perfect for that show, I feel like. Oh, yeah? In a way, yeah. Because I feel like the way you present... Um, it's it's like so innocent and approachable whenever, and, and then there's this other side to you that I think would shock people and shock the audiences and get a little booze in you, and there's a whole another side. Yeah, but
1: I'm a sweet boozer. Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, for the most part. I don't know. We don't. We don't really. Uh, I haven't tried it in a couple don't years. Those waters. Yeah, I can't remember the last time <laughs> I drank. I, I mean, we we have like a half a glass of wine with Nick Powers when he'll come on the podcast. But I don't even think that counts. I can't remember the last time I was intoxicated on alcohol.
1: No, I've been talking about it with Mare for months. Like, oh, well, maybe we could have a drinking night one night. And then it's just like never a good time.
0: Because why would you? (laughs) (laughs) Like, It's like... (laughs) what's what's gonna happen that's gonna be so fun when we're drinking that we can't already do but I know? see
1: all these bars these outdoor bars and I'm like wow that's so nice yeah and if craft beer just sat a little bit better in my stomach I could totally be one of those people
0: we were drinking non-alcoholic Ipas when we were up at your mom's. oh
1: those were delicious yeah,
0: yeah and you know what that was was delicious. Co- you know what was cool about that was like, I got that. I, I like it was psychosomatic, but I got a little feeling of like, oh yeah, I'm toasted. Like you I know that that feeling of the smell of beer and the taste of beer, like can start getting that feeling going. Totally had that.
1: Everything that surrounds the ritual of drinking is enough to induce like a little bit of a
0: woohoo. Mm-hmm. Mm, totally. You know. Yeah, we're in a microdose right now.
1: Yeah, it was like I was like, we got to delay this a few hours.
0: Oh yeah. I forgot. Yeah, that, yeah, we were gonna start this a few hours ago. I was all ready and everything. I'm like, okay, cool. And you're like, you're looking at me like, uh, no.
1: I'm gonna go lie in the sun. Yeah. And do some work and do some other things. Yeah. Just talk to my friends.
0: Yeah, but it was just a microdose. Uh, highly recommend a, a mushroom microdose too. I I normally pretty much only do the acid microdose, but
1: I like it because it's probably a little bit shorter. You know, like acid, no matter how much I take, it'll last 12 hours. So, like, I won't touch it after, like, 1 p.m. in the afternoon.
0: Unless you're willing to stay up till, like, 4 in the morning.
1: Yeah. But usually then other people fall asleep and I'll just be upset that I'm still awake. And I'm just, like, I don't know. I'm very precious about sleep. Some mm. some people are. Some people aren't. I'm yeah. one of those people who's, like, not a happy person when I can't sleep.
0: I think the microdose is, like, especially effective. Um because we've because we've done so many flood doses, so oh, it, yeah. it kinda has that effect that the non-alcoholic beer had on me. Totally. You know, you're, you're introducing this molecule that like your body already your your body understands. It understands where you're taking it, where we're going with this whole thing.
1: Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. I'm looking at you and you're shrouded in rainbows. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> fuck that. Uh, Let's see. Let me pull a card. Should okay. I pull a card? Yeah, please. How's the how's the micro treating you, my girl?
1: It's been wonderful. Yeah. But it's definitely derailed my not derailed my day, but rerailed my day, I think would be a better way of putting it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because you th- you wake up and you think you're gonna be serious and then you just do this and you're like, Oh, I gotta take it easy.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Move a little slower, work my way up to jumping on the podcast.
0: Yeah. It's crazy that people use these to like become better capitalists and stuff. I mean, oh, this, I, this
1: does not work like that for me, I don't think.
0: Well, I, I think that uh psychedelics in general uh, make you more of who you are it amplifies that the the you behind you you know and we're, we're fucking total fucking house stoners like that's what we do
1: yeah whatever you're naturally inclined for
0: yeah yeah
1: we're just gonna keep it rolling as long as we can
0: yeah, I'm not shrouded in rainbows though <laughs> hopefully the sun will come back out so I can once again have my Merkaba of protection around me
1: yeah <laughs> You've been using that Merkaba a lot lately.
0: What's that mean? What do you mean using it?
1: Well, I just talked to you the other day and you were like, I was like, oh, we were having like a a more confrontational hang with someone. And I was like, hey, how was that for you? And you were like, oh, it was cool. I had my Merkaba up.
0: Yeah. It's weird. Like, um, I very much have to intentionally do that because I think I'm a little bit more uh, susceptible. Mm-hmm. Than you are. I've mm-hmm. noticed that. Like,
1: oh, yeah, mine's always like. Yeah. I got layers. I got blankets on me. You can't see them, but I'm like covered in blankets.
0: Yeah, to, I mean, sometimes. And this isn't. There's no offense, but like, it it sometimes to me reads as like, oh, Cass has one foot out the door. She's not fully invested in this. Where a cold like,
1: indifference.
0: Yeah, kind of, <laughs> you know, it's like cosmic love. It's like indifferent, you know, it's just like, yeah. here, here I am. And of of course you fucking, you know, dive into the deep end, this and that. But when, when I get around other beings, I'm just like, I'm pulled into whatever their vibe is. It's like, like a psychic thing starts to go down and like, if someone has some little thing that they're like tamping down and whatever like I can feel that and I get like invested in it and it just takes me on a roller coaster ride so there's certain people and situations where we get in where I'm like be conscious of your like S- just stay in your body and that that's what the Merkab is about for me so it's, it's just like stay in your body stay in your story you yeah know? we we had someone <laughs> someone came by the other day and they were talking about um a very intense dramatic breakup they had Mm-hmm. and it was such a wild ride we're like we're pretty good friends with this couple like you know another another artist couple that like we're like cool they're doing the thing we're doing the thing like we don't know that many couples really but you know totally really respected the shit out of them and everything and had no idea they were going through issues and all of a sudden the thing's over and we're hearing every detail of it and it's very messy and it involves alcohol and physical abuse and like all this stuff and it was uh, like, I'm, I'm like listening to this and I'm like, I'm both people in the story and I'm like, my emotions are all over the place. And it's like, she leaves. And, uh, I was like, like, you just go on with your day. And I'm like, Cass, can you come here? <laughs> come, come here. I was like, we, we need to do some sort of like closing ceremony. And I, ne- I just need to hear myself say some things and I need to hear that you heard me say some things like, yeah, that ain't us. That's not our story. Really, none of that really applies to our life. So, like, let's just, you know, that that kind of thing. Clear the air. I think that's important
1: to do because the lines do get blurry. And especially when you're, like, super psychic and empathetic and intuitive. There's, Mm -hmm. like, and the boundaries between. There's, like, there's benefits to both sides of everything. So, you having less boundaries and being a little more open is like allows you to connect more deeply with people and Mm -hmm. hear more deeply what they're saying and intuit more deeply what they're thinking. And and at times that can be too much for you or for the other person. Yeah. And then it's one of those things. But like, yeah, as you get older, you continue to learn like, oh, what is my disposition? How do I? And I think that was you like stepping into like, okay. Who am I? Well, you're like, I'm very recognizing that like when we've had friends who talk about like a breakup they're going through that it like hits you so hard that you think you're the one going through the breakup.
0: Yeah. It just, it it brings up like all my breakups and like how sad that is and like Mm. how terrible you feel after. And like, it's just stuff like it's, it's good for me to confront because that's the shit that the walls around my heart are, are constructed of, you know, my relations with women throughout my life. You know, it goes it goes back to my mom, my sisters, you know, my grandma, all all this stuff. But You've always
1: had a lot of female presence in your life, a lot of women. You've absolutely. been a, I guess, serial monogamist for, I mean, yeah. I, it's a, I have to use that term loosely, but.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that how you describe my love life, serial monogamy?
1: Monogamish, serial monogamish.
0: Serial freakdom.
1: Freakideakom?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me pull a card. Okay. What's this card for?
1: Um, everybody. Yeah. This moment. We're gonna. This yeah. podcast. Whenever whoever's watching this is watching it, listening to it.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: I guess. I guess everyone can ask a question right now and l- let this be kind of a universal oh. response. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that kind of cool? Yeah, that's cool. I mean, why couldn't that work?
0: Yeah, and, and we'll pull. We'll maybe pull multiple cards, but here's the first one.
1: Okay, wait. Let me ask a question.
0: Okay. You know, there's a podcast, you should say that out loud.
1: Oh my question? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um my question is what do I need to be more aware of?
0: Okay. What do we need to be more aware of? Okay. Page of Pentacles. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This little fucker.
1: This little fucker. Oh, you God. know
0: that I I have issues with the page boys mm-hmm. in this deck. I I've I've called them little bitches before. They just look eh. just like eh. I'm sitting here with his like one little pentacle and he's like being all precious about it and everything.
1: Well he looks hopeful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he does. He does look hopeful. He only has one pentacle and he's fucking he's, he, a, he's like, like the, treating it like it's a it's a really big deal. At yeah. the
1: beginning of a journey, maybe. Um, yeah. healing of a relationship with money, and I feel like mm i wish money was something you could get on the other side of rather than like at least for us it's like this because we're so um we'd rather sacrifice things than do other things you know like sacrifice having kids or buying a house or whatever it is
0: the american dream
1: sacrifice the american dream to have like a freewheeling life with our other uh unemployable friends
0: true. Yep. It's true. When you really think about it, the people that have stuck around in our life, the people that have been like <laughs> the, the long term, like <laughs> deep homies are unemployable. Yeah. And and it makes sense because um, we have a lot of free time. I don't even know what day of the week it ever is. So like I can't like, like to have friends that are only available like on Saturday afternoon and Sunday. It's like uh, it's not enough. It's not enough. So you end up finding the other unemployable freaks out there.
1: Yeah, and that's why we like, we're very excited to like play in the crypto world and who knows how that's going. I literally will not even look anymore. I just took some big risks and then closed the books and said, well, that money is wherever it needs to be. And, but I think this is like an engagement with um, material, Mm -hmm. obviously, and realizing that we're all like students and early on the path. And maybe for you, it's not money. Maybe you got the money thing figured out. Mm -hmm. And maybe for you, it's more like, uh, something else in the material world. I don't know. fucking. Yeah. I mean, I think bad I, uh, terror readings by Sean and Cass. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> I, definitely.
0: I I think, uh, yeah, the, the money thing for me, it's, it's so weird. Cause, um, like I never had anything to really start with besides like no student loans or anything. Like yeah. I was, I just kind of like came out and I'm, I was just kind of like at even, and I worked at the deli for a year plus after college, like no hopes of anything. But then after that, money came. It it, it kind of came easy to me, you know, a little bit. Uh, I I had a particular skill set, and I got pretty paid pretty well for that. And it's it's gone pretty good. I've had like a, I've been in my career for like seventeen years.
1: Yeah, as and it, it kind of makes you kind of cocky about money, cause you're like, even when you have no money, you're like, well. It'll come and it'll go, kind of. And it'll be back again. But
0: it, but Maybe it's not. it's not a cockiness; it's a confidence in myself because the only way I've ever made money uh, was by coming up with ideas. Literally, that's it. You know, it, it, like I guess we we sometimes get paid for uh, a service, but it's really we're we're getting paid for our ideas and the way that that we execute that service. Do you
1: remember that time we were into? Um
0: kundalini yoga kundalini
1: yoga and we did like 11 minutes like this
0: oh yeah it was was, it's it's this kind of thing and you're chanting you're doing this
1: chanting a mantra yeah so
0: you start doing it and they you know they get everyone to like in sync and doing this at the same time and like 30 seconds in you're like this is pretty powerful um my arms are getting tired and then you end up doing it for 11 minutes straight while you're chanting this particular thing and uh you know whatever we're just we, we're we down for whatever so we do whatever whenever we were with a group of people and we did that but it fucking worked
1: no shit
0: it took us into like uh abundance a job came in right after we did that and i don't even know what the hell you could how you could explain that kind of thing it was a, it's a ritual
1: it's a ritual and i think there's ritual magic and i think with ritual magic comes Like, you can get what you desire, and Mm -hmm. then sometimes what you desire comes with a cost. So it's like, I'm like, oh, it's not good or bad right now, and that's where I've become very, like, content in the insecurity. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that I'm not uncomfortable sometimes with it, but, like, more content with, like, okay, maybe the building desperation will lead to better ideas, Mm -hmm. or a new way of thinking outside of the box, or... Um, devo- new devotional practices or you know what I mean? Just kind of like being open to the juice of life yeah. of what happens yeah. and knowing especially I mean this whole thing what we've all gone through collectively in the last couple of years has really broken us all in a way that we've cracked open to like we don't feel like tomorrow's guaranteed yeah. and there's something very scary but also liberating about that state of consciousness yeah. and
0: yeah, it it feels like uh, like like an in between phase a little bit. You know, have you ever heard of uh, liminal spaces?
1: No, tell me about it.
0: A liminal space is like the, the space in between. It's it's that feeling of like uh, you know, kind of when you're you're first waking up, like y- you've left the dream world behind, but you're not quite in your waking life yet. Or a, a physical example would be like a hallway or an elevator, like like places like like, like you're between things, you're between destinations you've left this one it's thing behind like the Bardo States. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I feel like we're kind of caught in like a collective liminal space where, where it's like, well, there was a way of life uh, before this pandemic that we've all kind of have had to just say bye to like the, the, the grasping and the clinging to that way of life, obviously it's not working out. So, we're like preparing for this new thing but it seems like we're we're not quite there yet so it's just it, it's it's a little uh it can be frustrating and disorienting and i think it leads to if if you're not really conscious of that and um and and doing work on keeping yourself calm i, I feel like it can be uh the kind of thing that just like arouses confusion and frustration and um fear yeah yeah. But if you're aware of it and you're and, and especially at this point in human history like we're we're all kind of stuck there, you know. Uh I I feel like that that offers some solace for me, for my soul is is just be like cool, we're all we're all collectively going through something. We're we're waking up. You know.
1: Yeah, Mare had mentioned the other day that she's like astro- astrologically this was going to be seen as the reti- the great retirement period. Yeah. Like where people are maybe leaving um yeah
0: resignation mass resignation
1: and I was like whoa yeah and so sometimes when you realize you might not have as much control as you think you can kind of like think it's a little more funny Mm. and you were saying to me yesterday you're like this is the best time of our life like we're gonna look back on this and be like we were doing this and this and I was like wow you said it to me at the most perfect time because I was not in the best headspace yeah you know I don't even know if you could feel that but I just was like oh yeah yeah and I think that's like most of the people, a lot of the people who listen to us probably are on the younger side and like think about what a blessing that is. Like just having your life ahead of you and being in this time of like great abundance with, you know, the advancements in technology, the way we can connect with people, the way that you can start your own business online and become an entrepreneur, like they are you can become a filmmaker with your cell phone. Like their technology is like accessible to people right now to fulfill their dreams. And that might make it more challenging in some ways because there's more of, um, a lot of people doing that. Mm -hmm. But, um, there's also like an availability to pursue your dreams probably more accessibly than it's ever been before.
0: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Which, you know, then it feels like pressure filled and like, Oh no, why am I not doing something or whatever? All the, you know, Well, all the judgments
1: yeah i was talking to a friend last night and we were just i was she was beating herself up and it was just reminding me like i don't want you to beat yourself up and then i'm like i beat myself up and it's just like this thing that you don't want to you wouldn't want your friend to beat themselves up and tell themselves bad stories and be mean to themselves so why would you do that to yourself Mm. and it's uh kind of like you have to remember that your mind is like your closest ally and you shouldn't make them an ally right
0: well that that's when you have to be and all of this Well, that was the other day when i said like we're going to look back at this as the best time of our life is just a like uh, a sweet little um message from our future selves it's a, it's a, it's like a future memory that's that's been implanted like yo look at all we have going on right now like just start naming the stuff to be grateful for and be like we're going to eventually look back at this as like really good time in our life. Also we felt free. We had a lot of friends. We we're, you know, we're making two films right now. We're very excited about that stuff. We're very excited about mayor and our relationships and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like, just fills me with gratitude and just received those messages from future Sean, who's just like, yo, be grateful, man. Don't fucking take, don't take this moment right now for granted. Right. Yeah.
1: Do you want to pull another card? Sure. That sent us on a tangent.
0: Mm, yeah, sure did.
1: This is what happens when we don't... We're not the kind of podcast that pre-plans what we're going to say.
0: <laughs> no. No, how can you? I mean, I, look, I I look up to uh, like Ram Dass. Would just go and speak like fucking like 200 nights a year and go and just speak and get up there with no notes or anything. Just get up there and just fucking tap in and and go for it i really am impressed by that the grateful dead the same thing it's like they would go out there with no set list or anything and they would just fucking jam with each other
1: craziest thing yeah right but now when i go to another show where they like stop in between each song and like we'll look at each other and like start again i'm like this is so lame yeah Like I'm so spoiled by like the ongoing fluid set list. Yeah. That the idea that someone would like because we went to see Phil Lesh and Friends. I mean, this is years ago now, but like see Phil Lesh and Friends and like him and his band like they stop and he like does it on a different pace and they all like look at each other and I'm like, what the fuck is this?
0: Like, come on, Phil. Come on,
1: guys. Like, what the (laughs) fuck? I'm like expecting a little bit more of a fluid experience here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, what's this card about?
1: um i don't know clarity on the page of pentacles all
0: right here's a little more clarity for y'all oh what is this card
1: three of pentacles
0: no i don't think it's pentacles oh yeah it is
1: yeah so the three of pentacles is a uh, a guy in what looks like a church of some sort um crafting uh sculpting art while people on look and i guess it's uh Whatever question you asked, it's kind of a reminder to um you know artistically invest in yourself and with the idea of it being it's part of a relationship between like creation and reception mm you know pretty good bullshitting one one
0: yeah here we go here's another one page of swords
1: oh uh, we're babies today
0: yeah, yeah, I think so hmm it's just like we're a little. Protozoa, we're little sperms. (laughs) Um, a a couple people passed away that I want to honor. Okay. Lee Scratch Perry. R. I. P. Legendary Jamaican producer and musician.
1: We saw him in uh, Bushwick perform the best show ever oh, at like what 93 shit. years nah, old he
0: was i, I think he's only in his 80s when he died so okay. that was a couple years ago but well like, he seemed really
1: fucking old like i, I mean know. really young in spirit yeah but also just like you can tell when someone's an old motherfucker oh, you know yeah. what i mean and like yeah no he put on such a great show though it's so fun and such a good vibe and f- f- smoked the biggest
0: he j- he comes out with a fucking foot long joint it's Fat, foot-long joint. He's just on the microphone and just smoking this joint for two hours. Just smoking, fucking doing his thing.
1: Man, don't you wish you could be Lee Scratch Perry? Yeah. Really it could have been, you know, just like every, just have a crew of like homies with you. And then you go and you just make a party for people mm-hmm. and just smoke so much weed. Yeah. And sing about having a party.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he knew who he was and, uh, he stuck with it. And, it. and it's, it's really impressive when you see someone that far into this, this dance of life, that's still just being so true to themselves. It's, uh, yeah. RIP rest in power, my man.
1: Yeah. Musicians are the most interesting in that, or that like you follow one idea and it's so hard to like hold an idea and continue to invest in it, you mm-hmm. know, in showing up and writing the lyrics and writing the music and then producing the song and then like following this thing
0: yeah shooting these little gems out into the ether and hoping people resonate with it
1: i mean we're just so distractible that for someone to be able to write a song and then follow through and then record it and then devote their life to performing that music is like i'm very impressed
0: yeah absolutely
1: okay who else do you want to honor
0: norm mcdonald
1: yeah I had other plans for my day yesterday and I just ended up watching like every uh, late night appearance he did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He was a fucking legend. One of the funniest people ever. Really hilarious. deadpan. Yeah. Deadpan. And nothing fucking shook this guy. Nothing shook this guy. I watched a clip of him on The View back in the 90s. And he said, oh, we got to get these murderers out of the White House. And they're like, Barbara Walters is like, what What are you talking about? And he's like, Bill Clinton, didn't he kill a guy? You know, like he, he's just saying this shit back in the 90s while Bill Clinton was still president. And the, the fucking women on The View start freaking out. And they're like, stop it. You've, you're taking it too far. And he's just like, what do you mean? I thought this was common knowledge. And he just keeps going with it. They're They're covering his mouth. And he just keeps going with it. <laughs> you know one of just fucking ballsy ballsy yeah did not care
1: oh man and he would he would do like so many of these meandering stories jokes you know yeah. and like half the jokes like you know Conan's like come on now are we yeah. going to get to the punchline or yeah. what you know yeah
0: the yeah. whole things the fucking his
1: voice line. is hilarious yeah. too you yeah. know
0: yeah like,
1: even his joke about cancer was like yeah He was, uh, saying something about, you know, I, you know, I, when I die, cancer dies at the same time. So that's a draw.
0: That's a draw. That's not a loss. That's not a loss. Yeah. Uh, he definitely, he came into my radar. Like he was part of the cast of uh, Saturday night live that like I grew up on, you know, I feel like, you know, when you're like 10, 11 years old, like Saturday night live, you know it comes into your into your worldview and you're you know you pay attention to it and he was just definitely one of the funniest guys on of of some of the better casts of all the saturday Night live ones he was on there with like phil hartman and adam sandler and david spade and chris rock and like just like all these legends and he was the uh he did the weekend update he was the best weekend update guy ever He, he would he would tell jokes that would always get him in trouble and uh if he was doing that nowadays he'd be canceled and he, and he kind of was he got fired from saturday night live for not being funny enough <laughs> like seriously that's what they said to him yeah they said to norm mcdonald you're not funny enough and they let him go mm-hmm. That that tells you all you need to know about that show
1: yeah exactly <laughs> you
0: know <laughs> Yeah, totally. I I remember when I was a kid, I I was so obsessed with like all those guys like Adam Sandler and Chris Farley. Like they just like they lit up my world so much. I was so obsessed, but it was hard for me to stay awake till 1130 at night till, from 1130 to one in the morning to watch this show. So I would tell my parents, like, could you wake me up for Saturday Night Live if I fall asleep? And they'd always be like, yeah. And they didn't
1: I feel like my generation really got the shit under the stick with stuff like that.
0: Yeah, like we this SNL, about, like yeah. We were saying this about about the music that like you were exposed to in the mainstream versus the music I was exposed to in the mainstream. It's not like any 10, 11 year old is going to be doing any deep diving to be like, wait a second, what's real comedy or what what what's real music? You're just going to kind of take what you're what you spoon fed.
1: Yeah, like I was saying to you, I didn't even realize that music was like so soul and and mm-hmm. rich enriching. I just thought it was like kind of like decoration. Like, yeah. oh okay, like this. The things that the girl, Spice Girls are singing about kind of relates to my life and yeah. wanting to ha- have lovers. And...
0: Yeah, <laughs> it was a, it was such a product by the time you were coming up. It really made a big switch.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean that's and so when you talk about like who you had on the cast of SNL, I'm just like, yeah, you but...
0: probably couldn't even remember the people that you. You know, it, there was kind that's. It got bad after that. It got really bad for a while.
1: Yeah, but as we learned from the series we've been watching, there's a dark side to the '90s, though.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about this Vice show we've been watching? <laughs> Whatever. It's terrible. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's terrible. It's, it's like so phoned in and so just like just nothing. But it's we an keep easy watching thing. it. Well, we watch it. We, we just like to watch a little something while we eat our meals. And we always, we, we've we been like for the past week just throwing on this, this show.
1: I mean, the one, the one we watched yesterday really stuck with me about Heaven's Gate mm. um, and the branch divinity, divinity, dividians. And, you know, we saw that series and everything. And so I knew a little bit more about that, but I didn't realize like with the suicide pact, Heaven's Gate people, mm. what really went into it. And I'm like watching these guys and I'm like. This makes sense. Oh
0: yeah, Cass, you are the perfect person to get pulled into a cult. I feel like if you hadn't met me, you'd pr- you'd probably already would have done a suicide pact cult thing. You know? I mean, I mean that
1: is so not true. <laughs> I am a critical thinker, but I am also like gullible, and I want a bigger purpose, and yeah. I do believe that we're like going towards being these like genderless alien creatures, mm. and I do believe that if you castrate yourself, you may be closer. To where we're evolving to. Mm-hmm. And so there was something about it. That really resonated with me. Not that I would do it on this human trip. or But like the idea that. What, they're, what they did. And that some of them castrated themselves. And you know. It was not about sex. It was more about like. Going beyond earthly human desires. And mm-hmm. kind of transcending your humanness. And mm-hmm. your human vehicle body. I'm like. Right on, man. Like, one of these guys that ended up surviving because he had some family issue that he had to deal with. And anyway, had a daughter or something. And he's, they're talking to him. And he is like, I would have gotten castrated. I just, I lost a coin toss. And um, I wish I was with them when they had uh, done the suicide pact.
0: Yeah, he's he's like, I like my life. But, you know, I... I definitely wanted to do that with them and I missed out.
1: And he talks about like this human vehicle and just, he says things that like make sense to me that like we are not our bodies. Mm-hmm. Like that makes sense to me. Like once you kind of just like get into this state of mind where you're like, I'm not my body. This is like a, he, he didn't give it up. He wasn't like, Oh, I regret. or I Like I was, he was like, no, this is their right. Yeah it's just a different flavor of it it didn't seduce you at all
0: no because um i i don't i don't find any glory in denying your humanity i don't find any glory in mutilating your body to try to evolve faster it's just it seems like what we're not here to do it seems like we we took form in these flesh prisons to learn lessons mm. and you know you just got to be patient with it and and the lessons will come and they will continue to present themselves and you don't necessarily have to cut off your dick um to to do i mean they're 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 talking about like forced evolution in a way like it's it seems crazy to me like can you imagine fucking monkeys shaving themselves with some vision of like no we we need to be we we need to transcend our monkeyness and and embrace our future humanity and we're going to shave ourselves and like like present as this thing it's just like it's just all, it, it just feels very myopic. It, it feels too, like, you're lost. You're in the fucking weeds. And I don't know, to try to escape this thing sooner than uh, maybe you were supposed to, it just feels like you're going to get spit right back out into it. And you're going to have to learn those lessons harder this time.
1: Yeah, I, I've always kind of felt that way, that you really just don't have any guarantee of what happens when you die, and that if you were to take your own life, that who knows that you wouldn't just do it again, or do mm-hmm. it again worse, or whatever it is, or be in some sort of purgatory, but who knows that they didn't just go up and get on an alien spaceship when they all did that Well, that, that, that was suicide. the idea,
0: that, that was the idea behind it, was um, they all... W- at the cult started with them all thinking that their bodies would would physically be beamed up to a UFO and they would go you know basically be like Star Trek mm-hmm. and uh, when they kind of w- when they saw what the what happened in Waco Texas with the Branch Davidians and how the the government basically fucking slaughtered all these people. They liked that.
1: They started buying guns because they're like, we need to go out, cop, uh, suicide by cop.
0: Basically. Yeah. They were like, oh, maybe the government will do that for us. Maybe that's how we got on the spaceship. And, but uh, they
1: were too well behaved.
0: They were too well behaved. No one cared about them. No, like yeah. They weren't doing anything illegal. So, you know, when the Hale-Bopp comet came through, I think it was 1997. I don't know if you remember those days, but the Hale-Bopp comet came through and that was like big news. And they were they were like, that's it the spaceship is hiding behind the hail comet we need to get on it and 39 people poisoned and suffocated themselves
1: and we don't know Fucking that they didn't crazy. get on that spaceship you know we we don't know yeah but, okay but i'm saying where are
0: you going with this
1: well, I think everyone, I, what I'm going with it is we don't know what happens when you die. And I think what was so seductive about that was that they were saying, we know what happens that the leader of that cult was like, I know what happens. We are safe if we go together. And I think with the, the big fear of the unknown and the big fear of death is that people want to believe that they can kind of transcend whatever it is, wherever they're going to go next or have a say in how that happens or what that means. Mm. Um, no, I don't support it and I wouldn't suggest it and I wouldn't do it myself, but like there's something about it that is just so freaking fascinating.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because watching
1: these videos of these people, I'm like, yo, they're not in their wrong minds, they just have a different way of looking at the world, and actually, a way that we all 20, 30 years later are kind of evolving to see. Yeah, you know, this. Uh, They were, you know, they, they made money uh, designing websites because they were all about technology and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, it it breaks my heart though. When you, uh, when when you see the interviews with like the parents of, Mm. of people that, that lost their kids and like they were mixed up kids, you know, who got involved with a cult and they ended up fucking killing themselves. And it's just like, fuck, you know, like I'd love to get on a spaceship too. And
1: the likelihood I, I, that there was a spaceship is very unlikely. Yeah.
0: But he, here's what I'm saying. It's like, I would love to get on that spaceship. Um, if it's required that I kill this body to do it, it's not worth it to me because I know that I'll be creating such grief and suffering and my friends and family that it's like, it feels very selfish and right. it, it feels like something I, I wouldn't want to inflict that kind of pain on other people, mm-hmm. you know, by, by taking the easy way out. Really? Yeah. You know, it, the hard way out is to, take what life has coming which is which is going to be a lot of heartache a lot of grief a lot of pain but there's also these just glorious amazing transcendent moments and you if you show up for it you'll notice them more you'll notice them more and i i think instead of being so fixated on their death and the afterlife they should have focused more on what they could do to improve the the material conditions of the way we're living now this is the ufo we're on it
1: yeah I it's a big
0: planet sized ufo and we're lucky to be on it you know and we were grown by this thing we were grown by this thing to complete quests and missions and fucking work out some karmic predicaments and i think it's it's really fun and if you start to just zoom out and see it more like that maybe you don't take the day-to-day slog of this thing as seriously and i don't know for me personally i'm just always looking for more excuses not to take the day-to-day slog of this thing as seriously, just like little reminders wherever I can fucking find them, you know. I, I, to me, that's a decent tool to have in my tool belt because it calms me down, it grounds me in the moment, and that's where my creativity is. So I don't need to kill myself with a bunch of fucking weirdos <laughs> who castrate them. Like, come on, uh, if that's not a dead giveaway that like someone is leading you down the wrong path, like
1: I'm super inspired by it because it kind of feels like this monkhood. You know, like
0: mm-hmm.
1: it kind of feels like when people I don't think it's my path in this lifetime, but it's kind of like when people go hide in a cave or whatever it is. I mean, that's probably not the nicest yeah. way to put it, um, but extricate themselves from society to go on a spiritual vision quest of, you know, their own mind and body and soul and spirit.
0: Yeah, it, it it's just sometimes it's crazy to me the idea that like your spiritual life is separate and distinct from your regular, like, like it's all the same fucking thing. Like, well, you know yeah. what I mean? You gotta have a fucking spiritual awakening while you're cooking potatoes. Like it.
1: Well, I think that's where we both really got to on this path and thank God we've stayed on the same page. Cause it's allowed us to stay in this relationship, but that like being human is the trip. It is the point, you yeah, know, like yeah. it is the And s-
0: all the flaws that come along with it.
1: Like you were saying to me, like there is no, less sacred space because i was talking about a space and i was like oh it's so sacred and you're like but how is how is the apartment across the street not sacred how is nothing like everything is sacred. the elevator
0: the hallway these you know the, yeah the, the, the
1: idea that something's so more sacred is is an illusion it's ridiculous yeah
0: yeah you know and just every now and then you got to get real with yourself because you can get pulled into people's narratives there's people that need to think oh this place that i live this land i reside on is extra special and it's different, and it's all that and like to me it's just it's one of those tools to just like kind of even the playing field there it, you know you know where the most sacred place in this universe is right here right now, mm. right where we are, and anyone listening to this the same fucking thing breathe into that
1: mm-hmm.
0: breathe into that, and you'll see a lot of those surface level worries and anxieties just kind of shed away it's really nice i think that's what meditation's helped me tap into
1: i think there is something to charging up a space and collective intention hell yeah and i think that those things can coexist with all is sacred Mm -hmm. everything is sacred everywhere is sacred and maybe charging up your own space is and your own moment in time and space is exactly what we should be doing and Mm. Could be doing rather than being like, oh, I wish I was there or I wish I could do this or, you know, it's like, no, the person you interact with at work, like that is a sacred being. Mm. You're in a sacred moment, Yeah. you know, bringing the divinity into every interaction mm. and seeing because that's because when you look for the magic, you see the magic comes. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. We're, we almost like sometimes we feel like we can't leave the house because it's like almost too much We the portals we end up opening oh
0: god it's fucking insane
1: where we're like alright let's go out and have a magical time and then you meet someone and you're like alright well I guess we're gonna be friends for 40 years you know <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love that. It's yeah. it's very exciting. I think it's it's one of the qualities of our life that uh, I enjoy the most. And it took us so long to get there. When we first moved into this apartment, we had no friends. We we hung out with like the same two people all the time and we just end up with the, in the same conversations and it just felt well, just felt like it was getting stale and frustrating because we weren't evolving. We weren't putting ourselves out there in any way. We weren't pushing And, um, once we made that the priority, like basically at some point, I don't know when maybe seven or eight years ago, we like sat down and prayed and we're like, we want our life to be more exciting. We want it to be filled with much more interesting characters. We want to be open and compassionate to people. Like we can handle the freaks universe, send them our way. And good fucking Lord have they come in mass. Right. Yeah, Definitely.
1: Who was saying the other day, I think we were watching something and it was talking about how like there's can be love without sex and sex without, or like that, that loving is something that is like a priority and that sex often goes with love, but a lot of times it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it really resonated with me as far as like kind of the relationships we end up having with a lot of people is like such a deep, deep love. Mm-hmm. And I think that it can be confusing at times because maybe when people are used to being loved that deeply, they expect that like
0: sex comes along with it. Yeah,
1: or that you want sex with them, or that you know it's like it's not about sex.
0: Yeah, it's I'm about not them. trying to seduce you. I'm seducing myself. I'm deeply in love with with this experience and being Sean and. a a wonderful byproduct of that, a symptom of that is uh, how deep all of our friendships have become. Yeah. But with that, yeah, can come some confusion because there's a lot of people that haven't even started that work. You know, they think it's all out here. It's like, no, it's an inside job. Just charge your fucking spaceship up, you know, fill it up with, with joy and happiness and inspiration and you'll start and and magic and good thoughts and you'll (laughs) start to see the world around you change. Mm-hmm. It's really an incredible process and it uh b- before we we really got down and dirty with all this stuff I wouldn't have believed some of the stuff I'm saying. I would I would have heard these words and been like, "Oh god, shut up." you know.
1: About love? About
0: about kind of like that it's an inside job and you're creating your reality mm. with the thoughts that you indulge and uh you know, the way you see yourself is is definitely going to be reflected in your experience so you know we have a friend that's always like hey if i'm annoying please tell me you know am am i too much am i annoying you know and it's like hadn't crossed my mind at all but i don't know now that you mention it yeah kind of but then you realize it's just like oh you're annoyed with yourself you're over yourself you can't You know, and it's, it's making it hard to function and you're manifesting kind of the, the, the worst possible low frequency vision for who you are and making it other people's problem in a way, you know, like I have to validate you now. Like you think you're annoying. You probably are like, don't make me get involved with that.
1: Well, it just reminds me of like when I was 26, 27. And I'm not saying I'm past it, but there is like these different phases that feel very connected to our age and kind of like what we go through and like how you like wanting the external validation or like wanting someone to tell you, like, what am I doing wrong? Can you just tell me what I'm doing wrong? Mm-hmm. And the truth is, no one's going to tell you. You're only going to feel through like, the vibration and you kind of have to pick up on that and then not really care so much. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time yeah. because if you care too much it's like you, you fucking move on. Like we're already like we're in a river, man. Like yeah. you do not want to get caught behind some fucking self-critical anxious rock. Yeah. where your biggest thing in your life is all you can see is this rock but there's like a full fucking river that's going to life
0: is just like flowing by you and you're like stuck behind this rock and
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. I mean I think it's a really good analogy for how some how you can get caught on a negative perception of yourself yeah literally caught up I'm like oh I did this and this is or what's going on with that it's like literally you don't have to care about that yeah you don't have to lately I, I was saying this too last night I was like um I was like I have been having this experience lately where I want to be not like if anyone's telling me that like oh they you know or have problems or whatever as far as like hating themselves I'm like or you know or they're annoying or whatever like I'm like you're not I'm I'm annoying like I'm the worst person ever like mm-hmm. or if you're like oh You love that. Yeah no but I'm like what kind of game am I playing where I wanna be the person that's responsible for every fucking issue in this world because it's like this we talked about this in the last podcast but it's like this balance of like taking responsibility for everything but then also you kind of can go too far in that direction where you just are like oh you think you're bad Mm -hmm. I'm the one who's bad yeah you know you think that you have a dark shadow wait you don't even know about mine like I'm a horrible person you know, I'm the worst person. And I'm like, what is this a competition for who can be the worst person? Like, I'm obviously not the worst person. Yeah, I like fucking try to have a good time and be chill. Like I'm not the worst person. I don't think I hope not. Yeah. But it's like this also wanting to keep that in check the balance of like, okay, be aware of where you haven't been kind and Mm -hmm. be aware of where you've not communicated yourself clearly or the ways that you've whatever it is blah 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 like there can be an awareness and a willingness to adjust that but like telling the story of how i am no i am the worst person is like why am i doing that why is it why do i feel like that's what i want to do with my time is it's is it competitive you know
0: i mean it just comes from like uh I don't know the the way you were raised. I think we were both raised by people that blamed us for a lot for for everything that would fucking could have possibly gone wrong. And I almost had the opposite response to you, you know. I, I'm I'm like, no, that ain't that ain't my like. I I, I can kind of see it for what it is a lot of times, and it's like you are so trained to be like, <laughs> oh well, I know why. I know why all that went wrong. It's because I said this thing to that guy and I'm like, you're zoomed in on a little speck of dust like that. You did not cause this. You didn't, you didn't do that, babe. Yeah. I mean, I think it's
1: like the relationship you have with people who have addiction in their life because you want to be empowered to make a difference. And you want to feel like if only I did this, then that would have happened. And then they wouldn't have had too much to drink and then this and then that. And if only I had said it nicer to them, then they would have seen how I really felt and not gotten defensive. And I think there's like something to that where you can deconstruct what has transpired and try to do things better in the future. But then there's all so like a point at which it gets like a sickness where you're like okay yeah you know it it just and that's where like acceptance comes in and I've like kind of the place of more zen within me is like when I accept that nothing not everything's supposed to be rainbows and butterflies every second of the day you know and that things when I fuck up it's perfect like I'm not supposed to be the person who's perfect all the time like, as much as I want to be this, like, holier-than-thou, I mean, I don't want to be holier-than-thou, but you know what I mean? You want you want to aspire to be, yeah. like, this person who fucking does everything right and well and everything. Yeah. And then when you get to the place where you fuck up and you're just like, oh, I guess I was supposed to be annoying that night. Or I guess totally. it was I was supposed to push that person's buttons and have them kind of react to me negatively and then see what that feels like, because that gets around to back of what we're saying. Like we're humans. We're supposed to be having this human experience. And if we're doing it perfectly, like what are, what's the lesson?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're being too precious. Right. If you're, if you're fixated on doing it perfectly, like, you know, it's a great example is, uh, and I'm, I'm not proud of this, but the other day it was mare's birthday and it's like, you know, on someone's birthday, it's like, yeah, let's be extra sweet. Let's like fucking, let's shroud her up in rainbows, like, let's do it, and, and she said some sassy thing to me, and I lost my fucking mind, and just exploded, and, you know, I'm beating myself up, like, fucking, god damn, it's Mare's birthday, and I'm doing nothing but fucking being critical, and, like, busting her balls about this fucking can of worms she just opened up, and, then, like, you know, it, it settles down a little bit, and, we end up talking about a lot of stuff that we needed to fucking talk about. Yeah. I don't know how it would have come up otherwise.
1: Yeah, like the air needed to be cleared about some narratives and stuff.
0: I and I didn't even know. I, di- I didn't even realize that till like we're in this fucking chaos it, or it seems like chaos, but it's like oh no, that was leading us to this moment where the, like the the lesson was like perfectly presented as a gift and we got to together without anyone running out of here, no breakups, nothing like that. We got to navigate it. We got to say like, like you guys not holding me to my lowest moment mm-hmm. and us not holding her to her lowest moment and, and evolving together and just talking out some of the stuff without shame and blame. Like Mary being sassy towards me and me reacting explosively actually led us to that place. And it's funny because if she, if she overlays our charts and like, that's kind of, one of our forms of communication
1: it's miscommunication is miscommunication or or bad communication (laughs) yeah
0: yeah but is it bad if it led us to now i i I feel more on point and on the same page as her than ever
1: yeah no you guys definitely were able we were definitely able to take the relationship into a deeper dimension when because when you have a perceived like misunderstanding of your being or whatever and then you extricate it and you don't just like let it pass through you're like no wait hold on, you think I've been dishonest to you about this? Like, yeah. what the fuck? And then you have to go through it, and then she actually ends up evolving to a place, not evolving, but, like, understanding, getting to a deeper understanding of who you are and where, where you're coming from, because you want... It was such a... It was, like, the funniest fight in some ways. It was not fun, but it was kind of ridiculous in that. I'm like, you guys both just love each other. Like, this is I know about love. You just... you you want Sean to be honest to you. And Sean wants you to know that he's being honest with you. And that's, what's happening here. Cause I can see it from a little bit on the outside, but yeah. you guys need to get into the mud to, uh, get to that place. I guess
0: I've, I've done relationships for so long that I realize like my most unbecoming moments actually lead to some of the, the deeper, uh, more bonding situations that I've had with women. It's, it's kind of crazy. Like not, not that I, uh, not that I want to be like that. I don't, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking to be less reactive and less explosive, but you see how, uh, how, how it serves you. If you're, if you're honoring whatever that is inside of you, that's telling you, yo, express these things, clear these things up. It always leads to something better, especially if, if you have, um, like I'm, I'm, I'm committed I'm I'm very I'm committed to this relationship and our relationship with Mare. I don't want to see it end over a stupid fight or a stupid misunderstanding. You know, there's reasons relationships should end, but in my experience, when you go out on that low note of a fight, it's it's kind of like what we said about say about killing yourself. <laughs> It's like you take that with you right into the next fucking thing and it's amplified and it's there and it's and it's on your mind and you're like I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy and then you you start being that guy again and it's like well, you know what I'm going to do? This time I'm not going to break up with the person. This time I'm not going to fucking choose the nuclear option on my life and settle and try to try to bring the love into it. just just try to bring the like the awareness of the love back into the room. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there was a moment in the whole thing where just we're getting like, we're, we're fucking like, she's really good at arguing and I think I'm really good at arguing and we were both just like digging our heels in and it's just like, I, I just like, I was just like stood up and I went over to her and I was like, let's stop, you know? And she started crying and she wanted to stop too. And we just said, let's stop. Let's start working this out, you know? And, and we still had some sharp words for each other, but um, there was an understanding, like, yeah, we want to be together. We're going to be together. This isn't, this isn't that fragile. This is never as fragile as it appears on the surface, especially when we're fighting.
1: Yeah, that's what can be hard in fights, is that when you feel like are really attached to the relationship. And I feel like you and I are at this place where we're like obviously very attached to our like the relationship, and of course the relationship with Mare. But I feel like you know, one every three fights, I'm like. I'm done and you say I'm done too. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe I used to throw the breakup thing a little bit more in the earlier parts of it and I'm probably took in the the baton on that one. But just kind of like that freedom of like, we don't have to do this. Yeah. We don't have to be in a relationship. And there's something, I'm actually, I'm not trying to counter you, but there's something also about that like lack of attachment of
0: it, totally but in those in the in that really tough moment on mare's birthday like i just in a in a in a really critical point in the whole narrative i, I just reminded myself i want to be with her i want to work this out why would i go any further into being mean you know why would i present any more silly little evidence as to why i got triggered like get let, let, let's get real i want to be with this woman you know, we, we want to be, we want to do this. There's like so much great shit that's going to come from us traversing these things with a good head on our shoulders. So like everyone will well, benefit you guys from were, it.
1: You guys were <laughs> having a fight that I had like already had with you like a million times and I'm just like, yeah, I was like able to just kind of watch it and just be like, eh. yeah. Oh. Yeah.
0: Oh. Well, oh. I mean, uh, and, and, you know, that, that's part of why that fight needed to go down. And it's just like, you know, I can be fucking real loosey goosey and you're like, so there for it. you're so forgiving and you've known me for so long that, you know, like what's, you know, outside of the, the realm of acceptable behavior and what's not. And like, uh, you know, it was just like, it it was, it was nice for you to kind of hear that and say like, Oh wow, we're on the other side of that thing. But it was also a good reminder for me, like, well, our thing with Mare is kind of at the beginning. Compared to this, we've been together 10 years. We've been with Mare for 10 months. Right. So it's like, okay, we're going to have to go through some of this stuff. It might feel basic to me, but um, that doesn't that doesn't mean that we shouldn't go through it, that we shouldn't work this out, that we shouldn't basically. It's about making a person feel safe and comfortable. Yeah. You know, and loved. And, uh, you know, sometimes that gets, that gets really sticky. But, man, you're a saint, Cass. Like, for real. You've seen me you've just seen me fucking be such a freak in so many ways. And you're so forgiving. And you're like, you understand that men are different than women and you understand like, yeah, I mean, I got two heads and sometimes one takes over and it's just, uh, that ain't me, but it gets
1: you in more trouble than it gets me. And so (laughs) I don't even care anymore. (laughs) I'm not saying like, let's be clear. We're in a committed monotony monogamous relationship, but I'm just saying we've traversed some weird territory, of course. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, it's funny. Yeah. But yeah, when I've stopped caring and stopped being precious about it, it just like became like, I just have such a good time in my life. Well, and then, and then you have, you fucking, dude, I don't know what you do. You have a good time too.
0: I have a good time. I think I have a better time than most, you know,
1: (laughs) you and I are just in the competition of like, who's gonna have more fun between the two of us,
0: you to the point where you're like, I'm not gonna even indulge my potential rage, because it's gonna impede on my good time. And I'm all about having a good time. And it's, it's like, uh, it's so it's inspiring, but it's frustrating. Uh I was like, Oh, damn, you pulled the parachute on this thing. I thought we were fucking gonna hit the ground together. You pulled the parachute, you're going to just be light and fluffy and sweet and nice and forgiving. Like, come on.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Dude, relationships are so crazy. The dance we do with each other and the dances we need to do and the way we need to, what we need to do to feel safe and heard and understood and try to communicate better and also realize, like, we're going to have the same fights over and over again. And that doesn't mean we're not evolving as people. It just means that, you know, there's certain fights that are going to come up again and again, you know?
0: Yeah. And, and it's, it's not about becoming a a more ardent defender of your territory or like hardening up and like, you know, drawing lines and this and that. It's actually about the opposite. You know, if if you want to have a a relationship that feels like it's constantly blossoming, you got to fucking get down with letting go you got to get down with that because, um, it, you know, it's like, like I've said before, otherwise you're susceptible to that energy of holding someone to their lowest moment, you know, of, of, you know, holding someone there. And it's like, oh, you might be being cool right now, but like you motherfucker, you said that thing three days ago and I'm just not over it. And it's, it's hard to have a constantly blossoming relationship if you're collecting evidence.
1: Well, if you're stuck behind a rock.
0: Basically. you're stuck behind a rock
1: and i think that like yeah and there's like the dance of i think the whole psychedelic path and the real the realization of like the oneness and the karmic dance that's happening and that you're like you know i remember one staring into your eyes and being so upset that there wasn't a there there (laughs) you know what's that (laughs) that you in that moment because i was so high you weren't we were the same thing and like you were just like, it was yeah, so yeah. annoying. I was like, I was like, just wanted to slap you like, and like get something different that I was unexpected or whatever it is. And I just saw you just mirroring me. Yeah. Not like mirroring in the same way, but just like being, a, and I was just like, wow, I really thought I was in love with someone. Yeah. And yeah. he's nothing. It was me. <laughs> he's nothing. He's, he's me. He, yeah. He's no one, you know, and that's a very high level concept that I still like take with me but um, it's obviously nuanced because I'm doing the human dance and you are human and you have your own perceptions and and perspectives and I want to respect you and your own dance and your own life and of course like of course I want to see you as your own person Mm -hmm. but at the same time I'm like fuck we're all the same thing like we're all part of this we're all like blades of grass on this fucking thing and we're all deeply connected to what's going on here and it can feel really uh, weird
0: yeah, yeah you, you get that high and you really start to feel and it can be disturbing, you start to feel the harmony and the oneness and you know that, that just you really really viscerally experience that um we're part of like a macro organism mm. and and it can be disturbing because like we're we're so used to uh the otherization of other things of of everything. And when when you're that high and you're kind of seeing beyond all that indoctrination and those concepts that have made us feel separate, it can be disturbing. You're like, oh, man, what the fuck? You're you're the same thing as me? Fucking Jesus Christ, it is lonely down here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's where, like, it's definitely a place where you realize, like, what makes you feel good is making other people feel good. Yeah. You know, because they are you, Mm -hmm. you know? And so making someone else's day brighter is, like... It's like a drug, you know, yeah. you want to do it. And when you're making someone else suffer, you're suffering. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just simple. It's so simple. And that's why I feel like we keep doing this podcast and keep showing up is because we're just unpacking the simple messages of life for ourselves. And I, uh, we, I mean, I'm, we're going to be doing this for the rest of our lives, unpacking the simple messages yeah. of life of what's going on here and yeah. what it's all about. And whether or not to castrate ourselves and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Should we do that?
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> when we're done with this layer of the trip, we'll no. get castrated. Oh It'll happen for God. us at some point.
0: You know, I, I never knew that detail of the Heaven's Gate cult. Oh,
1: I didn't either. Uh, my
0: jaw dropped when they started going into that.
1: Yeah and he the guy who did get castrated was like I feel so free as someone who, and he He's he, like you have no idea. He's like 27 years old. Yeah, he's like you have no idea. I'm like idea I bet you do feel... off my shoulders. And I bet he's right. I bet it is right like if yeah, like, to yeah. be like like you're talking about you're you I've recognized that you have a second head. The crucial head or whatever you call it, you know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> There's two heads here. Yeah. And it gets men in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh if you didn't have that second head, maybe things would be a little simpler <laughs> in your life sometimes.
0: Yeah, but the, what, what I'm saying is, it's just like it, it's not up, that that's that's not up to me. I like that's too much power. No, that's too much power in my hands to decide to fucking cut off my genitals to be more to to achieve my alienhood sooner. Like, come on, I'll, I'm gonna earn it the old-fashioned way. Yeah. And you know.
1: Going out in a blaze of glory.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. Like, I have a dick. I'm gonna use it. Like, you know, you're using your body. We all, we're, we're using our bodies. We're just doing our best to get through.
1: I mean, it's awesome. Having yeah. a body awesome. is awesome. It's cool. Whether or not you have a partner, it's awesome. The yeah. fact that you can like release stress and tension and have a pleasure ride. Mm. It's like, that's a fucking cool thing. Yeah, it is. Enjoy yourself.
0: Enjoy yourself.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> this fucking flew by. Have we really been talking for like an hour right now? I think so. This f- blue podcast i feel like we've been talking for 15 minutes i feel like we're still uh, introducing what we're going to really talk about we're still in
1: the introduction (laughs) this is a really long introduction
0: yeah uh totally it's really fun i love talking to you i love doing this
1: yeah the 11 year non-stop conversation continues Mm -hmm. thanks for being a part of it with us
0: yeah um do you want to do more should we hop over onto the patreon sure why not yeah Um, we we do, we do bonus podcasts and we do this show called the afterglow on our Patreon. The afterglow is really cool because it's like, you know, you just heard us talk for an hour and then we're really loose on there. You know, we just do, we just sometimes
1: a little too loose.
0: I know. I know. But it's, that's just to, uh, you know, if you sign up to our Patreon, patreon.com slash church of chill, you're a trustworthy ninja and you can hear us talk a little bit. Yeah. We get to talk to to our like
1: a couple hundred best friends. Yeah.
0: Yeah join the gang and, uh, yeah, we're having, we're having a really good time. We're having a really good time on the Patreon. Lots of music, lots of art, new podcasts all the time. And the discord community where it's like, that's like the breeding ground for this community and new friends forming and bands forming and fucking people hanging out. It's so cool. Like I, I, we took it for granted for so long. We should have started a fucking discord community right out of the gate with this thing, but we took it for granted for so long. We're like, Who even listens to us? And if they do, they don't want to talk to other people that listen to us. And God, was I fucking way off on that, you know? Because, like, we we started this thing a year ago, and it's like, there's, like, 250 people in there that are fucking chopping it up 24-7 all over the world, and it inspires us.
1: Well, community is so important, and feeling more connected to like-minded people is very important, especially right now where you can feel very like disconnected and alone and realizing like oh there's other motherfuckers who understand that castrating might lead you no i'm just kidding i don't know why i gotta get off this i I really gotta get off of this. no
0: you really liked i mean it's interesting how much you liked these guys cutting their dicks off to be aliens you know and you don't have a dick so the idea that this really perks you up this much disturbs me a little bit and it's okay
1: well i no, i think you could do it as a woman too like yeah, it'd probably be I'm different sure i don't even want to fucking think You'd probably about take it. hormones and stuff and not and just i don't know i think i just aspire to whatever the next higher state of consciousness is and yeah. i am going to dance with my desires for the rest of my life and i don't want to be in denial about them but i also like the idea of being an alien who maybe is more of an angel than like someone patience. Yeah,
0: patience. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting there. You're a young one. You're only 33.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You have a lot more trips around the sun to do before you're an alien. It's, it's part of it. This yeah. is part of it. We will be those aliens one day. I hope so. But we don't have to rush it. We should be patient. We should be patient with each other. Be patient with ourselves. Forgiveness. Name of the game. Self love. Yeah. And then it all starts to reflect. We're building out a realm that is uh, a a little bit better place for for us to reside. (laughs) You know, it feels more welcoming. Yeah. Yeah, because it's tough. It's tough, you know, being a human, being a human in 2021, stuck in this liminal space of a, a pandemic that's getting worse and just fucking, you know frustrating frustrating fucking times the the types yeah. of times that alive in the the worst kind of anxieties like a real super existential stuff
1: yeah sometimes you have to let it take it bring out the worst in you to then realize like oh you don't want to be divisive and you love want to love everybody and you want to understand everyone better and also understand that everyone has their own trip and it's all perfect and yeah, I think sometimes going in and through the anger can be purifying cuz that's not what's up.
0: Yeah, but, I mean it it's it's exactly the example of me fighting with Maron on her birthday, you know. It's it, going through that made us better. It helped us evolve. So, I I think that, you know, you just take what life's throwing at you and you I I feel like meditation has really helped put me into um a gear that I can that's sustainable. And I was in a gear in my twenties and early thirties. I was in a gear that was unsustainable. The RPMs were fucking in the red, you know, and it helped me produce a lot of cool, like ambitious stuff. But, um, the meditation and the, the, the slowing down and the valuing of the moment and not being so fixated on the future, has really has really helped me.
1: Well, you're 40. You're an old man now. So
0: yeah, th- things are calming down. <laughs> it's good.
1: This is when dads usually stop hitting their kids or whatever the fuck <laughs> That's not. I'm sorry to make a joke out of that, but that is kind of like this thing that happens where men like are so they take out their anger, and then all of a sudden people are like, "Yeah, my dad got older, and he's like fucking cool." Yeah. You know, oh he's not God. taking out all his shit on me. Yeah, my
0: my dad was scary in his fucking 30s and 40s. Like it was fucking. It was scary. Yeah. He was he was in in first gear, but pedal to the metal, going a thousand miles an hour. But in first gear, so it was like and there's smoke coming out, and everything's overheating, and pistons are blowing left and right. And you know, time and life experience, and somehow he's still here. Like has calmed this motherfucker down. So it's it's great. We went through this thing so many times. I tried to cut my dad out of my life. Thank God it didn't stick. Thank fucking God. You know, this guy was a motherfucker. This guy fucking. Well,
1: literally, that's, I mean, sorry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he was just uh, like, he he was just the worst for a while. He was going through addiction and depression and uh, it was really hard. It was, everything was completely out of control. And I thought if I could cut, if I could just cut out that thing, it would be like cutting out a tumor. And, and it wouldn't grow or whatever but it, that would have been like introducing a tumor if I would have well that's like what I was
1: that. saying about addiction it's like you think we blame children of addicts blame themselves and think like if only I could just do this if only I could and that's where I think you've become so crisp and clear with your words because you've had to get like very a lot of information across to someone who's not in their right mind yeah. and to do it very sharply and quickly you have like quite the tool belt and it's so funny because those tools is, it did help your dad at times but probably isn't what he really needed as you continue to learn more are, you know
0: yeah i mean he needed it but he didn't yeah. like you know what it's I all mean? perfect it, it's kind of like a tough love thing because he does respond to that even mm-hmm. now you yeah know some people mean? do yeah like uh, i'm I'm his son yeah. like yeah uh, if
1: someone can give him tough love it should be you you know
0: i'm the only other man in his life that could talk to him like this right i'm the only other person in his life that could say man up and he's probably really the only person i'm comfortable saying that to. right so thank god we have each other i don't have a brother yeah you know I don't, I don't have people like that. So our, our bond now is far beyond anything I could have ever hoped for. And it's because, you know, we've been patient with each other and we've been forgiving and I've replaced the tough love with just like actual love. Tough love is, is conditional. It's like, it's bullshit, you know, and and there's a time and a place for it, but I've, I've replaced that with like acceptance and forgiveness and compassion. And you can feel that. And it actually makes the tough love portion a lot that much more effective because he knows now if he's getting that version of me, he's, he's pushed it really far and he doesn't want to make people feel like that. So he, he's learned to pop it into another gear and it's, um, it's been really important to me. And I know not everybody can heal their, uh, their parental relationships in this life, but it's, it's something that I never expected or hoped for or even dreamed of, but I've I've been able to do by exactly what we've been talking about this whole time is just like showing up and recognizing his divinity and um, offering myself self-forgiveness. This isn't my fault. Offering myself so much love that I, that's what I can transmute, you know? I possess the self-love so I can transmute it. And, you know, he gets around me and that comes online for him. And, and it's a beautiful thing. You know, and we can do that for each other. Yeah. just got to hold that space. Love yourself. Don't forget. <laughs> remember. Remember. <laughs> cool. Patreon.com slash Church of Chill if you want to chill with us a little longer on the afterglow. We love you. We have Church of Chill t-shirts. Cass is wearing one we just got a whole batch of tie-dyed ones this might be our last run of this design yeah so um they're gonna sell out soon and uh yeah yeah if if you've been thinking about getting one now would be a good time because we're we're running low and we have this last batch that we tie-dyed they're very special yeah yeah cool cool see ya peace love and magic